This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Man, oh man, the ease of being a Bon Jovi cowboy. <laughs> Steel horse? Wony. Dead or alive. To be fair, I prefer alive. Hey, man. <laughs> but if you're dead, guess what? A professional gets to feather your hair in the casket. Oh, that's <laughs> exciting. I know it would, I would chafe a lot because of the mm. buckskin. Buckskin is not really super forgiving. I was looking, I ended up in a whole thing with, with Custer and I got because yeah. I was watching Ken Burns of the West mm-hmm. on Marcus's recommendation, which was very good. Of it's course. It's fantastic. But buckskin is. That's got to be hard to be on a horse. Never mind a motorcycle. Absolutely. And if you're Bon Jovi, you're from New Jersey. You've never even seen Wyoming. You have no fucking clue. Well, Bon Giorno. I think his uh, first name's Christopher. Uh-huh. If he went on a motorcycle with buckskin, I think he'd alight. I think he would burst into flames. I think that you're correct. Leave the skin on the buck. I've always said that. Welcome to the last <laughs> podcast of the left, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with the newly enthusiastic for motorcycles, Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, zoom, zoom. <laughs> Rough, rough. <laughs> and Marcus Parks. Uh, Thank hey. you all so much for joining us today. We are beginning our journey into the West. Specifically, we are talking about a legend of the West, Billy the Kid. Yeah! <laughs> Billy the Kid was perhaps the most famous gunslinger of the Old West, standing in rank beside Jesse James, Wyatt Earp, and anyone else who made a reputation out of separating the quick from the dead. Put guns up. Put your guns up. I just realized if I was quickly trying to go for my gun, I would hit a piece of my fat. Yes. And then when I would pull the gun out from my little holster there, I think it would get stuck. No, 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 no. Sharpshooting is a fat man sport. Is it? Because if you see real fat men doing sharpshooting, which is incredible to see, you see they got little, the hats get smaller, the bellies get bigger. Yeah. But there's something about balance. I think that's why they have the small hats on. But the guns kind of stick out to the side. Okay. I don't know. You're talking about sharpshooting, though. I'm talking about quick draw. Out of the Ooh. three of us, I've got a quick draw his body. <laughs> yeah. He does. Oh, he actually, that, that was very, very fast. And now this subject is near and 
dear to Marcus's heart. This yeah. story, Billy the Kid is the skinny legend that Marcus has always <laughs> loved. It's what you've always emulated. You are a type of person that wish he could crawl up a chimney, and I imagine you could oh. crawl up a chimney, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, I think I could. I, at oh. 14, I absolutely could have shimmied up a chimney if I needed to. Uh, uh, honey, no. don't don't light the fire yet. We got our chimney, Marcus, up there. <laughs> you got any urn brew? <laughs> <laughs> no, I grew up with the legend of Billy the Kid. My family used to always uh, vacation in Rio Dosa every summer. So, like, we were always around uh, Lincoln County in New Mexico uh, and Roswell and all that. Where the area where this entire uh, story happened. So, like, this history is in my fucking bones. It's in my bones. Uh, would it be fair to call Billy Kid the White Aladdin? <laughs> Why? Why would Why? he be I'm the no White Aladdin? Why? He's a scamp. Yeah, he's, he's a, a fun scam. guy, right? He, you know, like he became a hero to the people. He uh -huh. stole a lot of bread. He had a monkey friend. I actually don't know if he had a monkey friend, but if he did, that'd be super cute and fun, and also dangerous in the old west because they didn't have antibiotics in case they bite you. But the yeah, you're failing to mention he's not a genie. No, Aladdin is the, the little boy. Oh, yeah. Aladdin's the boy. Oh, that's right. I always it's not like Frankenstein. That. Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's like the white Aladdin. He's a scampy kind of like he's a thief that everybody kind of loves because he's got a heart of gold. But he got mm -hmm. he's got tips of steel and he's got a ooh Spanish tongue. Well, you definitely want a heart <laughs> of blood and biological fluids, not gold. However, from a purely objective point of view, Billy the Kid, aka Henry McCarty, aka Kid Atrum, aka William H. Bunny was a relatively inconsequential figure in the grand scheme of the history of the American West. Aww. But to look at Billy the Kid from a point of view that's purely historical is to miss the point of Billy the Kid. Hmm. See, the Kid, as we'll be referring to him mostly in this series, came to be seen by the 20th century as somewhat of a Robin Hood type figure, and that oh. reputation is deserved. Lovable scamp. Yeah. Okay. Now I say Robin Hood type, because Billy the Kid did not steal from the rich and give to the poor. Instead, Billy the Kid just stole from the rich. Mm, he was poor though, and he gave yeah. to himself. Oh, that's something. <laughs> yeah, but he only stole from the rich and powerful, and in doing so, he became an early anti-establishment, almost counterculture figure in America. Skater boy. Cool. <laughs> See, Billy the Kid's undeserved legend as a gunslinging, bloodthirsty outlaw came from the popular press of the time, who portrayed the Kid as a demonic, cold-blooded killer hell-bent on anarchy. You know what? Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. I hate when the press lies, but in this case, it sounds kind of fun. But the difference <laughs> is, is that they just pinned a lot of murders on Billy the Kid who was yeah. there. It's not to say that Billy the Kid did not kill people because he did, but he was not always, he wasn't the central villain. But what yeah. is weird is that the other central villains, the ones that were around Billy the Kid, the ones doing a lot of it, they all loved him. Yeah. And Billy the Kid became sort of like a mascot of every group <laughs> that he shows up in. They're all just been like, look at the kid go. And, and the, every documentary also talks about what I, which I don't particularly understand about Billy the Kid, because this is how they tell you he has a light character. Billy, he loved to stomp the boards, and Billy, well, he loved to whistle. Oh. <laughs> and just like, what's with the whistling? Well, you gotta make the day go by. Well, part of the reason why the press demonized him so much, I mean, this was in the pursuit of civilizing the West. And Billy the mm. Kid became a stand-in for every lawbreaker in New Mexico. Also for watching Ken Burns the West, civilizing is 
quote, 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 civilizing the West. Quote, yeah, quote, quote, unquote, yeah. It is slaughtering uh, would be a much better way of putting it. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a sad documentary. All it's, right. Oh, it's de- fucking devastating. Well, you should check out The East. They have a whole episode on farts. <laughs> you love it. Oh, yeah, The East, it's just, you know, it's lobster rolls, Disney <laughs> World. But this demonization mostly came because Billy the Kid was biting into the interest of the corrupt bankers, government officials, and landowners who had a stranglehold on New Mexico. Mm. And while Billy the Kid's body count has often been placed as high as 21, a victim for each year Billy was alive, it was most likely closer to four. And not one of the people Billy killed died without cause. And we'll leave it up to you as to whether or not those causes were righteous. Really, Billy the Kid and his cohorts were very much a product of their times, even if the West of the 19th century was not quite the bloodbath that it's often been portrayed as. It's just one of the more intense periods of history that we came in. It's it's weird. It's this combination of uh, us discovering a place that a bunch of people were already living in mm-hmm, and displacing mm-hmm. them. Those all that conflict constantly waging for about yeah. 30 years. You also just had the idea of anybody that was out in the West was somebody looking for a new start mm-hmm. or somebody looking to, to uh, quote unquote, make a new start by positioning themselves in a position of power which would then allow them to become the new old money of America. So there was a lot of corrupt fucks that were also throughout the West. And then a lot of like happy-go-lucky like, we're gonna go out here and finally I can be gay. You know, like it's that view that I can be out, oh look, look, I I can marry my dog. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that nice? I don't know if you could marry your dog, but you know, it's funny after the uh, free love 1960s, everyone would exaggerate how many people they had sex with, but I guess in the West, they would exaggerate how many people they killed different times. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. How many people they, because I mean, really the way it's uh, portrayed in popular literature is it's like the Einsatzgruppen was constantly, was just roaming the entire West and killing everybody in mass numbers. There were definitely slaughters, of course, quite a few slaughters, like especially like the Fort Grant massacre a lot of shit like that across the west uh but it was not quite the constant murder spree that you know it's often been portrayed as because it's populated by famous criminals so those are what we know a lot about the old west is jesse james um these types of big characters that we got to know but you know it's like like I hate to use this analogy, but like a virus, outlaws also have to live within their world. So yeah. they are still kind they kind of have to not go ham all the time because they have to keep they they have to be sustainable. Well, they have to, they have to be up, able to live. They have to pony up to the bar and have their whiskey shots and they yeah. have to say, Oh, this is very nice to see you again, Bob. And they'd be like, How's your horse doing? And be like, I haven't fucked my horse all week. And be like, Oh, horse ain't doing good then, huh? And be like, No, 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 it's not. I know what happened to the West. This is great. I mean, and that's the thing is you can also, like the West is also a very anonymous place. Mm. Uh, like moving from town to town, I mean, the best that they could do with the wanted poster is, you know, but like maybe a bad sketch uh, right. of somebody uh, or just a name. So you could actually, you can murder someone and then go to a town 30 miles away or maybe 100 miles away uh, and you're scot-free. Reminds me of the dude who saw the leprechaun. And they made the sketch of it, but I would assume where's the goal at? Where's the goal? I would assume there's a lot of was brought left to me by my father. It's a it's a leprechaun hunting flute. Listen, there's a lot of bad art around on the Wadden posters there. Yeah, I mean, you know, concerning the violence of the Wild West. I think it would be accurate to compare the murder rates in the Old West to that of America in the 1990s. 
See, in the 90s, while places like New York City and South Central Los Angeles had historical murder rates during that decade, America was mostly peaceful. And this is how it was in the Old West. Most places were safe from death by gun. But when it came to criminals like Billy the Kid, they lived in highly violent worlds within that safety. Much like gang members in Los Angeles during the 1990s lived in a highly violent world that was surrounded by the relative safety of Los Angeles. It's sometimes you're born in the game. Yeah. It's like how I was born in the clowning world. Um, you have an idea <laughs> of how difficult it is, how you got to make your bones. You ever been honked in? Uh, to a clown game? Bro, I, I don't want to ever get honked in again. That was a horrible memory. But that's not to say that the West was a safe place to live. Rather than a place of violence, late 19th century New Mexico, where the majority of our story will occur, it could be more accurately described as just a place of death. Cool. It was extraordinarily easy to die in this time and place, whether it be from diseases like smallpox, exposure from getting caught in the desert, a raid from a rightfully pissed off band of Navajo or Apache, or least likely, finding yourself on the wrong end of a six shooter. Yeah, which is when the, someone shoves the butt up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the wrong end of a six shooter. I am pretty wow. good. Take the boy out of Queens, but you can't take the Queens out of the boy. Pretty that good. is classic Zabrowski. See, part of the impetus behind the violence in the West during the late 19th century was that the Civil War had just ended, and the men who had fought specifically for the South had dispersed throughout the West looking for a new life. Would, would it be fair to say that some of these guys didn't really particularly understand that the war was over? Well, I mean, this is actually exactly what some of my ancestors did. You know, they fought for Georgia in the Civil War. Then mm. after the Civil War, after they got their fucking asses handed to them, they headed to Texas to put all that behind them. So my people are the only, like, innocent people of the three of us. So no, I'm the only come from innocent Your father stock. was a police officer and you're yeah. Polish from Queens. That was recent. That's oh recent corruption. Goodness. Well, I'm just so happy Marcus's family survived hiding in those chimneys during the Civil War and then as soon as the whistle blew to end it, they just scurried out and went to the West. Go, go. Start riding. I mean, it, it could be argued uh, as to whether these men actually, I, I don't think uh, many of them left the war behind. I mean, the problem is that you had thousands upon thousands of men with some of the worst fucking PTSD you can imagine. These were guys who had survived bloody, close-range combat during the deadliest conflict in American history. These men had learned to live with death and had in turn learned to survive by treating killing as a kind of reflex that was necessary to see another sunrise. And it was this attitude that these men brought with them when the West began filling up with white Americans. And it got filled up pretty quick. Like, yeah. people started rolling in. I was actually really surprised at looking at the timeline of the American West and realized that a lot of it was populated within 20 years that wow. people yeah. just shot out there. Like, it, it really happened very quick. And also, how many people from Europe and other countries also came God, to welcome, the American West. That welcome to America. Just the person from France being like, where's the fromage? Like, that would be a bit of a culture shock. Well, they showed up to come make money. 
in a way, yeah. in a way, they became truly American, mm. where they came here and they understood, oh, what you need to do is get in early, and then you get your name goes up on a bunch of buildings, and then a hundred years from now, everybody acts like you were always here, like you're some oh, part I of can. permanent fabric of our society. I see. So you want to get in early, um, like the Native Americans did. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> That's why they're so you'd rich say, now. You'd say get in early. They were just there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Living they, full lives. They yeah. Full communities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hundreds upon thousands but of years. They just didn't understand a thing like a lease. You know yeah. what I mean? They didn't understand yeah. a mortgage. And we had to teach them all of that. They loved to learn all of that. I think they were yeah. onto something. Uh, well, I mean, actually, that the settling of the West is extremely American because a lot of the people that were brought out there, they were brought out there through scams. You know, mm. they would get out in uh, the East and in Europe, you'd have people that are handing out these pamphlets that are saying that the West is a paradise, that if you go out there, the <laughs> land is plentiful. It's the easiest land in the world to farm. <laughs> like, you're just going to, you are going to be doing nothing but profits. You, sir, are going to be your own boss. And before you know it, you're going to be the richest man in the entire country it's just that easy and then when wow. people showed up they would find you know hard scrabble bullshit they you know yeah. they'd find that, like they'd find it's like oh wow it's 110 degrees here every day it is hot i yeah. wish that someone uh, i don't think anybody have an umbrella <laughs> i don't any? even know what accent that I is i am from nine country you're from nine countries I'm from nine <laughs> okay because i want to be offended but i don't my even know food how is to italian <laughs> my this other is food is your man yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, these places, they're 100 degrees in the summer and they're 20 degrees in the winter. Uh, I mean, it's a hellish place. Uh, and, you know, this area of the world, like it's populated uh, by a lot of Irish people because it's around the same. This is around the time of the Great Famine. Uh, and there's uh, a lot of German people, a ton of German people uh, that settle Texas. And as far as the people who were already there went, there were the Navajo and the many tribes uh, who made up what came to be known as the Apache. The Apache were not one people. There were many people. Uh, and you also had uh, Hispanics who'd been living off the New Mexico land for hundreds of years by this point in Almost history. like it's their home. <laughs> like it's this place that they were like belonged. Yeah. Weird. So fucking weird. Because like that's New Mexico. Right, yeah. Like you're acting like this is old Mexico. No, this is yeah. New Mexico. You want to send yeah. them a memo on that maybe. <laughs> As such, when white Americans came, supported by the power of the United States government and the United States Army, they were understandably despised by the people who had been there for countless generations. In turn, these Americans looked down upon and despised the existing cultures and set about grinding them out of existence. And it's in this space, living between these two worlds, that Billy the Kid became an American legend. In the almost century and a half since his death, Billy the Kid has been portrayed as a hero and a voice for the disenfranchised, as well as a killer and an anarchistic sociopath in movies that alone numbered somewhere around 40. That's just movies about Billy the Kid. Well, we know that that mm. culture peaked with Young Guns. When's the last time you watched it? Oh, probably 1989. Yeah. <laughs> Young Guns 2 has the good soundtrack. Yeah. Young yeah. Guns. Oh, what are you talking the... about? The first Young Guns has that fucking. Se like, they're not going Enio Morricone. Like, they're fucking going sick ass guitar, my of friend. Of course. <laughs> it's just Emilio Estevez. It's a lot of him sitting on a roof, spinning the guns, because we know that Billy the Kid, we'll, we'll get to that, but he was really good yeah. with guns. But Billy the Kid just hit him, him sitting on a roof going. 
<laughs> and then it cuts to him dancing, and they're like, yeah. Billy's cutting it up again. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Dermot Mulroney three times looking at him going, that boy ain't right. That boy ain't right. <laughs> That's good acting. <laughs> it is. But the truth behind Billy the Kid is right there in the name. He was a kid, a guy who was dealt a shit hand in life. And despite many attempts to go straight, he just never found a footing. And as far as why Billy the Kid reached such legendary status, it's fairly simple. He took what he needed, he treated regular people with respect, and he gave no quarter to the types of greedy sons of bitches who make this world a much harder place than it really needs to be. Cause I'm wanted, <laughs> dead or alive. Once again, I would prefer alive. <laughs> and so, what we have here today is the first of a three-part series that will first explain the origins of the kid, followed by the wildly violent Old West gang war that he at times found himself in charge of just by virtue of surviving. And it all ends with the many successful escape attempts thereafter that made the kid an American legend. We love guys who escape. Yeah. In America, we really do. And you can't do it anymore is the problem. We talked mm -hmm. about this a little bit in our Alcatraz series, but that concept of it used to be legal to escape from prison because mm -hmm. they believed that it was man's natural instinct to flee. And so they would, they're like, well, just don't do anything until we catch you again. <laughs> <laughs> For sources, we used Billy the Kid, A Short and Violent Life by Robert Utley, To Hell on a Fast Horse by Mark Lee Gardner, oh, cool. the American Experience episode on Billy the Kid, and the extremely well-researched Story of the Lincoln County War by Rick Geary, which is highly recommended to any and all comic book fans out there. To Hell on a Fast Horse is a really good book. It's really fun because that's where you yeah. really get to see Billy the Kid as a little boy who's got nothing <laughs> but a smile. He's been playing cards since he was five. Wow. Yeah. So Billy the Kid was born Henry McCarty, most likely in 1859. We're not entirely sure where Billy the Kid was born, but most signs point towards New York City. And considering his mother's background, this claim tracks pretty well. Billy's mother's name was Catherine McCarty, and she'd fled Ireland either as a child or a young bride during the Great Famine, which is still to this day proportionally the worst famine in known history. Killed 25% of the Irish population. Damn. Damn. Concerning the kid's father, we have absolutely no idea who he was or what he did. We just know his name. We know his name is Michael. That's all you need to know for a father. That's one of the more important <laughs> elements. All you need is come and one night. <laughs> it's, I don't want to think about my father in come in one night. One night. <laughs> one special night when he laid his beautiful wife down. And he said, I'm going to put a bend in you. Oh my She's god, like, you oh, are banked. I'm gonna kill you. Oh, bang. Never ever oh my mother shut up! <laughs> you shut up. I don't I have a memory of the the, the sound. Uh, everyone has a memory of the of their parents having said the sound of the yeah. the laughing and the Yeah, we do. Bones. Yeah, we all oh, do. The, oh, is your mom a giggler? She was a giggler. I don't want to fucking <laughs> man, it's like shiver up my spine. I'd prefer dead now. <laughs> It's speculated, though, that Billy the Kid's father likely died fighting for the Union in the Civil War, just like so many other Irish immigrants of the time. So when the kid was about seven, his 36-year-old mother met 23-year-old William Antrim. And within three years, Antrim, with the McCarty clan in tow, moved to Kansas following the Civil War, seeking drier climates for Catherine's tuberculosis. 
I love old-timey cures. We obviously yeah. just did a whole summer's worth of old-timey cures, super old-timey cures. But just the idea that TB could be fixed by mountain air. Like, that's I mean, the main I mean, thing. They're you like, know. you guys got to get that mountain air. That's what you're missing. Is What you need is to go tubing. <laughs> you know, the mountain air, probably much better than the New York City air of the era. It worked. I mean, no. Uh, I mean, TB does do much better in drier, higher climates. That was a, actually a, a really uh, like a popular reason to settle the West. It was like you fucking you caught TB. You got the consumption. Oh. If you want to survive, head out west, boy. Okay. Welcome to Coffin, Missouri. Like honestly, the idea of just that going out there. C O F F I N. Yes. C O G H I N. Cough. Oh wow. I just one of those. I mean, wow. Can you not spell cough? C O U G H I N G. I honestly, that really Thank is good because it was, you, I was working it out. You did uh -huh. just interview Ken Burns, and it would be incredible <laughs> awesome. if you turned out you could not spell like a very common word after speaking to him. And so, at the age of ten, Billy the Kid, New York City native, Ooh. found himself ensconced in the American West, encountering cowboys. Buffalo hunters, homesteaders, Indian tribes, and cattlemen who are driving herds of longhorn 20,000 strong Woo. to places like Abilene, Kansas. That really must have been a fucking trip. I can't oh, yeah, imagine. Man. Because you show up, you probably have seen and heard tale of this, and it's in newspapers. They've been talking about the West and everything that's going out there, and then you get to see all of these, like, every character that now we know all came from the Indian in the cupboard. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? It's yeah. every character from Indian in the cupboard, but they're just walking around in a town. <laughs> I'll let you have it. I have no idea. Well, I, I mean, at the time, though, you know, the, the media also played a big role in taking people out West. You know, you had these penny novels that would romanticize the West. And people really did th like when they showed up, they're like, it, it's like when you uh, go to New York when you're a kid and you're like, you expect to see Spider-Man and then Spider-Man's there. You know, yeah, and it just turns out thing. to be just some weird 40 year old man in a Always wet costume. And <laughs> demanding a dollar. And your parents are like, tell Spider-Man you love him, tell him you love him, and then and then Spider Man is like, he, you know, he's he smells of alcohol. Of course, yes, I'll never yeah. forget that when uh, the dude who played Elmo kept on punching people in Times <laughs> Square. Yes, yes, remember when he was putting out all of the anti-Zionist literature yeah. in Times Square? Elmo was an interesting guy. Yep, a lot of esoteric beliefs. <laughs> My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. 
Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, the Antrim family tried a few different Western cities once they moved out West, living in both Santa Fe and Denver. But they finally settled in a silver mining town called Silver City in New Mexico. Now, by 1873, New Mexico had been just a United States territory for about 20 years. And New Mexico actually wouldn't reach statehood until 1912. Hey, Marcus. Did you know that Alcatraz means pelican? <laughs> oh my God, can you stop? I know that's like, that's my one like teacher moment is, you know, you know, New Mexico was a US territory for about 50 years before it was an actual state. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> that there, is fascinating. Statehood until 1912. It's fascinating. This is fascinating. <laughs> well, as a result, New Mexicans lived under the thumb of greedy business interests and corrupt government officials for decades. And while the West overall was relatively peaceful when it came to the towns, excepting, of course, Bleeding Kansas, which will be covered in a future episode, Bleeding Kansas is, oh my God. Yes, where the tampon was invented? Oh, isn't that nice? (laughs) No, it's guerrilla warfare uh, in the United States. It's one of the most uh, brutal uh, chapters in American history. That's amazing. I'm just so happy that uh, there was a town named after your butthole. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bleeding Kansas. That's amazing. It's doing better. All right. It's doing Bleeding better. Kansas. I, I wish I never would have told you all about that. I no, know you, you have to tell us. <laughs> we all know everything about each other's bodies. Yes, I know everything. I've seen every every crevice of your body. Yeah, I've seen every yeah. part of you. That is true, y'all. <laughs> Both of you as well. So I've been naked on acid. What? Uh, well, not un- naked. You had your underwear on, but I was on acid, and I saw you uh, definitely in your underwear. Bro, you weren't on acid. That's just no, what I happens was. when you look at my body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as I said, while the West overall was relatively peaceful when it came to towns, New Mexico in particular was a violent place. For example, if you look into the archives of newspapers in territorial New Mexico, you'd be hard-pressed to find an edition that didn't at least mention a shooting, a stabbing, a raid, or a straight-up murder. We've always been America. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as Robert Utley put it in his book, Billy the Kid, A Short and Violent Life, four conditions led men to violence in New Mexico. The first was ambition which involved the scramble for quick money. And the scramble for quick money in the West usually led to violence. Yeah, because it, the full uh, extent of capitalism hadn't arrived there. So it wasn't about like creating a new and different thing. The idea of like, you know, creating diversification amongst the businesses. It was there. There was one beef guy. Well, and if he was the beef guy and then another guy shows up to be the beef guy, uh-oh. sometimes you, you have to kill the other beef guy so oh, that you're the one beef guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or even a store. Like you have a store in town. Another guy shows up at the store. I'm gonna kill the guy who opens the other store just so I can be the only store in town. It's a competition was fierce out there in the old west. Why do you think we were the only true crime comedy podcast for about two years? <laughs> no, we the true piles only, of bodies. The piles of bodies. The only one for about five years. <laughs> well, the second conditions were liquor and guns. Woo! Almost everyone in New Mexico was armed, and almost everyone drank. Constantly and heavily. And when liquor and guns mixed, death usually followed in short order. Yes. Oh, death. I mean, asterisk fun. (laughs) I mean, they had to do something. It had had to be. If you didn't get shot and you were just sitting there at the bar and then everyone was going crazy around you, like in dirty work when they all fought. Dude, Mm -hmm. I can Um, see. I think it would be very fun theater. There is definitely a Kissel ancestor that has sat alone in a bar while everybody else died around them and they just kept going like, I'm just finishing my beer. Don't fuck with the big one. (laughs) The fourth, however, is the most compelling condition. That was the Code of the West, which really isn't all that far off from the sorts of rules that have governed American street gangs for the last 30 or 40 years. Basically, the Code of the West originated in Texas. It demanded personal courage, unreasonable pride, and a reckless disregard for human life. All insults or wrongs, real or imagined, demanded swift and violent retribution. And above all, one must never retreat from an aggressor. It's so obnoxious, man. Have you? I've been shoved by somebody that I have accidentally stepped on their shoes in a crowded yeah. bar before. Like sure. that. We that concept is just the dumbest, shittiest toxic bullshit that is like I can't it's so like that idea of getting into a physical altercation over a mistake is so dumb that it makes me angry and then I start then I want to attack yeah dude that's what happened in Utah (laughs) man people uh, were quite angry for no reason 
Mm-hmm. Well, Utah, I just feel like it's all the half alcohol well, beers. Well, and I mm-hmm. got uh, I got the tall guy, I got the big guy stuff, so I had to go head to head with a few boys. But you know, yeah. I stood my ground. Yeah, those guys always challenge you. Other big dudes always either want to fuck you or hug you <laughs> or beat you. I don't know what it is. Again, it's the first reason why people go to New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. It's the code. Well, as a result of this code, people got shot and killed all the goddamn time both in the saloons and out in the streets, where innocent bystanders would often get caught in the crossfire. Back then, getting shot resulted in death far more often than it does today. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. If you got shot in 1888, it took hours, if not days, to die, and there wasn't a goddamn thing that anyone could do about it. Dude, homemade bullets, soft lead, it That's was, the Civil it, War thing, right? Yeah. It's the idea of like the, so it the shatters bullets, inside of the body. Well, like it that. would it wouldn't penetrate all the way. It'd go like plap, and it hit into your first chunk of meat, and then it would sit under the skin and then get infected. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, even if you happen to have a doctor nearby who was able to at least stop the bleeding and remove the bullet, you still had to contend with infection. <sighs> infection for most gunshot victims was the ultimate killer in the Wild West. I know this is not a guns podcast. This is not sponsored by Guns and Ammo. But were the guns, that's why I was surprised that more people died, because were the guns as powerful as they are now? Yeah, they're the, I, actually, they're the exact same. I exact mean, of course, now, yeah, the exact same thing. I mean, now we might have, um, you know, they didn't have semi-automatic weapons back then. I'm just then, talking about handguns. Yeah, yeah a pit, no, a pistol back then was almost exactly the same uh, power okay. as a pistol now, unless you're talking about like a fucking Desert Eagle. Uh, but if you're talking about like a revolver, yeah. uh, exact same power. Okay. Uh, the only difference now is that bullets are uh, a little smaller. Uh, so you get, you know, more power with, um, you, have, you have more power with a small bullet but yeah the the stopping power is pretty much the same it's just now we have the medical advances that's why the um right. like just for example and and these medical advances are fairly new that's why the uh, casualties and, and the deaths in vietnam were so much higher than the iraq war uh because those wherein you know the men who got shot in vietnam they were not able to be saved as quickly and as efficiently as men uh in iraq yeah because right. now they'll zap you closed yeah. They got lasers to do that melt your skin together. Yeah. I'm sort of maybe saying bullshit, it's but after right. all of the research I did about the high-tech laser weapons that are going on in America right now, that you know, you assume they might have something like that also that <laughs> it can be used for good. Perhaps yeah. indeed. And even in Vietnam, like the um, you know, the advances that the one of the big advances in Vietnam that we had versus like say World War II, the helicopter. You know, it's you can get people to medical attention faster right. because there is a window of time after you get shot. Uh, and if you miss that window of time, like you are dying a fucking horrific death. All right. But while New Mexico was a wild land of violence, it was also a place of beauty, both natural and cultural. When one arrived in New Mexico, they found a mixture of cultural influences that ranged from Anglo to Mexican to Indian, and it was all wrapped up in one package. And when Billy the Kid arrived in New Mexico as a young teenager, he embraced the culture that he found, wore a sombrero on his head and Indian moccasins on his feet, and his nights were spent in the Mexican district of Silver City dancing the flamenco. Seriously, was the funnest six-year-old you've ever met. <laughs> and he can like really it. party. It's, it's really strange, because I guess you well, just he's like, at this point, When they get to Silver City, he's like 12, 13. So I think he's, uh, yeah, like 12 still, or 13. Quite yeah. Young. Still, that's very, <laughs> and he's still a child. Yeah. yeah. But I do like this concept of it, because you can really see that there's a generational difference. Because he's growing up 
in this scene. Billy the Kid also, to me, becomes like a symbol of that, of the combination of all these different cultures, because Billy the Kid really got in with the Mexicans and the Native Americans. They loved yeah. him. They, those, well, specifically those the Mexicans, not as much the the Native, not as much the Indians, but definitely the Mexicans. But he got in with them. Like, there's something about, like, how he really embraced it. He was a cool, like, you know, he was technically a cool kid. It's like Bob yeah. Dylan. Yeah. From what a childhood friend later said, Billy was one of the best boys in town. He loved to sing and dance. He read voraciously. Never did anything worse than the rest of the boys. Only thing about Billy the Kid, he was slender, undersized, and mostly quiet when he was younger. But slender and undersized is uh, like he's, Billy Kid is fucking small. He's very small, but that's what makes a good boy. Mm -hmm. A good boy is thin and small. If he's too fat, then when it comes down to it, look what happened to us. It corrupted us. I don't know about all that. It could also make him a rock star, judging by the clothes I saw at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. My God, they're small. They're all so tiny. And all that fucking building is is a room of glass cases with tiny shirts and pants in it. That's all (laughs) the the music Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. I felt shamed. One of the smallest human beings I've ever met in my life was when I met Ronnie James Dio. I, oh I yeah, was, that's my boy. Ins- <laughs> I was in. I was so surprised because he's sitting like I met all the Black Bad. Sabbath at a meeting greet, and he's like sitting next to like Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler, and they're normal sized men, and you've just got the <laughs> the gnomish fucking Ronnie James Dio sitting in between them. It looks like he. They. I think they had to get him a high chair. Four foot oh. eleven inches of pure. <laughs> Stinking metal. Uh, you'll bite your fucking kneecaps off, bro. Yeah, I don't Roddy mess James with will fuck your wife and he'll sing her to sleep, and you'll and all of a sudden you're right there with her. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Billy the Kid, he was yeah. I mean, he was full of mischief. He spent considerable amounts of time at saloons and dance halls, but he was said to have always been smiling. Billy the Kid was a very easy laugh, and therefore everyone liked him. No one disliked Billy the Kid. And he was already becoming a professional gambler as a little boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's how Billy the Kid learned to read people. Because, you oh. know, out in this uh, type of environment, especially if you're a little guy, like, you've got to know immediately whether the person that you're talking to uh, is has, a, you know, ill intent towards you. Because if right. they do, they will kill you. But as it often happened in the Old West, tragedy in the form of death by disease struck. Billy's mother, Catherine, finally succumbed to her tuberculosis in 1874, and Billy's one connection to stability disappeared. His stepfather, William Antrim, soon abandoned the kid to the streets of Silver City, and at the age of 14, Billy was an orphan. Well, he's got that rock bug. Uh, his father got the, because that was his thing, right? So he wanted to go make it rich, to go, because yeah. they kept talking about how they're fighting gold in them their hills. Well, it's silver. Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> there, there's, a, the the town is nugget, literally called it? Silver City. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying it's a term that I've heard on the TV. You're telling me that your ancestors, that's why your ancestors didn't survive there, because they went to looking for gold it's in Silver City. It's a thing that they say <laughs> on the TV. Hey, I, got some, I got some great copper for you over here in, in Gold Town. You see what I'm saying there? I, those are the only two minerals. I couldn't think of another mineral. I. What's another mineral? Uh, Salt. Iron? Sure. Yeah, come over to Iron City and find her gold. You get it. Well, th- I'm glad you finished this, Kessel. Yeah. <laughs> well, now Billy the Kid, he is completely on his own. 
So he turned to crime to survive, starting with a theft that it's kind of cute. It's kind of a cute little theft. <laughs> yeah, this is this is very like Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Yeah. In April 1875, it just stole a big bucket of butter mm-hmm. from a local rancher. That's cute. Is a bear? Fat boy heist. <laughs> that is amazing because then yeah. you go and show all your friends all the butter. Butter? Like, that's a lot of butter. Well, could, you know, to be honest, I think that he literally stole it to eat it. And that he would steal it and he would do, I guess you could sell it, but also just the idea of like, I ate pure butter. All right. So he sold it, Marcus. You never just eat pots of butter? No. butter. Not now. Who does that? Are you an animated hog? (laughs) What is wrong with you? You never ate pure butter. I never ate. No one eats pure butter. A lot of people do. No, they don't. Wait till the emails come in. Oh, my God. I'm going to say that to you two, to you two little boys. I'm calling you both little boys. I'm from Wisconsin. He's from Texas. We're not from, like, we're not from Los Angeles or somewhere fancy. No. No one eats butter. I'm from Queens. I know. I'm just saying yeah. it's not a tradition in America to eat spoonfuls no, of butter. That's, it's that's not about what we call the Zabrowski sickness. Yeah, it's like, not. A, <laughs> it's not a tradition. I'm just saying a lot of people eat butter. Email side stories lpotl oh gmail.com. Show me how much you eat butter. I can see oh. your family toilet weeping. Oh yeah, no. Honestly, though, when the Zabrowski's family lined up, I can't even imagine. After my dad was on a binge, oh, how many God. fucking bowls of just pure buttered macaroni that I would eat and hot dogs and imagine oh. what slurry shot out of me as a little boy. No, he saw he. Billy the Kid stole the butter and sold it to a local merchant for a dollar a pound. That's a waste. That's a waste all that butter. He's sitting on it. He made that money. Well, soon after, the kid threw in with an older man named George Schaefer, a.k.a. Sombrero Jack. He wore oh. a baseball hat. That's so cool. I love the names. Well, sombreros were also, back then, uh, they were a little different. I mean, this guy was called Sombrero Jack because he always wore a sombrero. But the big, wide-brim sombrero as we know it now, like, that was a type of sombrero. Okay. Sombrero Biggio. Yeah, it's it's the it's the sombrero that won. Okay. Now, not surprisingly, sombrero Jack was not the most. It's uh, <laughs> a great look. It's a great. It's look. the new new Pixar movie. Now, not surprisingly, sombrero Jack was not the most upstanding of citizens, and he soon got the kid involved in petty theft. In September of 1874, Sombrero Jack and the kid broke into a Chinese laundry and stole clothing, blankets, and two six shooters. The local sheriff soon figured out who was responsible. And when Sombrero Jack skipped town, Billy was left holding the bag. Got arrested for the first time. Yeah, some reason Sombrero Jack wasn't his fucking dolger. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like there to be his ultimate backup. Somehow there was a Sombrero shaped shadow and dust cloud. And all of a sudden, Billy the Kid is alone. This is a life lesson Billy's got to learn. Now, Billy most likely would have received a slap on the wrist for such a small offense. But for some reason, Billy couldn't or wouldn't stay put. After just two days in jail, he devised an escape plan using only his charm and his small size. This is where he's in the rogue category. Oh, yeah. He complained to the sheriff that the jailer had been picking on him. And he wasn't getting enough exercise besides. And you can tell I need exercise. I've been eating butter all day. He's not Pee Wee Gaskins. And I've been eating butter all day. It's actually also my Harry Truman as well. Oh, that's good. Anyone under 5'4", you've got a similar accent. Okay. Really, what the kid was doing here, he was convincing the sheriff that he was harmless and inconsequential. That he was incapable of doing anything untoward. As it were. I mean, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm just a kid. Yeah. Oh, I'm just a little kid. What are you going to do, yeah. buddy? Come yeah. on. What are you going to do? Look at me. And so the jailers left the kid by himself 
outside of his jail cell for just a brief period of time. Just getting a little bit of a stretch. Just a stretch. Just gotta get this. And in that moment, Billy shimmied up the chimney of the jail and fled town with no horse, no gun, and no money into some of the most hostile land in America. And this is where the legend status, I really think, starts to come in because it's the escape thing, right? We talked about this. We're gonna, it's gonna happen again and again as we go. He can't be held down. Americans love that. He goes wherever he wants. And I sure. think that there's also, there's something about the idea of this is that he's bold. So yeah. he does these things where I guess it's, it helps that you're 14 so you don't know the fucking difference. Right. So the idea of just launching yourself into the New Mexican desert in the middle of the Old West and hopefully I'm going to fucking figure my shit out. I'm just going to Michael J. Fox my way through this scenario. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, that's a Back to the Future 3 reference yep. for anyone who doesn't get that. I do love he just reversed Santa Claus his way out of there. Just yeah. jump right up through the chimney. That's very cool. It is a reverse Santa Claus. It is. So you don't want to know what it is in a sexual way. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> reverse Santa Claus. Reverse Santa it. Claus. Yeah. Oh my god! Talk about some Crowley stuff there. I think it's when again, it's like the wrong end of a six shooter where you take a bunch of cookies and you shove them up somebody's butt. <laughs> now, surviving in an old west town wasn't too difficult so long as you could sidestep smallpox and the odd stray bullet. Outside of the city limits, however. You were taking your life into your own hands in more ways than one. Besides the cacti, the rattlesnakes, the lack of water, and the blazing sun, you also had to contend with lawless gangs on the lookout for solo travelers. Yeah, dude, it sounds like the video game Borderlands. A bit. Uh, well, just it should bit. sound like Red Dead Redemption, a the game that both of you guys both played, the two versions of it, yeah. for hours and hours and hours. It's that game. Okay, you just yeah. talked about how you ate spoonfuls of butter, all right? Let's not go on a high pedestal over I'm here. I'm just saying, you guys both lived in the world of the Old West for yeah. about a dozen hours. Oh, well, more than I, that, hundred, hundred hours. Oh, hundreds, played, hundreds yeah. upon hundreds of hours. Furthermore, you had hostile Indian tribes, or I guess bands would be a better way of putting it. And these guys, I mean, specifically like the the tribes who were, you know, collectively described as the Apache, which, you know, the Apache, it's kind of like Sioux. Apache means enemy. Uh, like that was, it was kind of pejorative given to them by the people who often, you know, got into wars with them. But these were some of the most fearsome warriors in history. But of course, you know, their reputation for brutal violence, it was exaggerated. But you know, it helps being, you know, now I'm playing Crusader Kings 3, dread is an important quality. Yeah. But even if the brutal violence was exaggerated, you still didn't want to fuck with a band of Apaches, especially if you were traveling alone like Billy the Kid was. But very early on, the Kid learned what the great equalizer of the West truly was. Starting at about this time, Billy the Kid began walking the path of the gunfighter. Oh, I thought you were going to say the musical lead. Because you know that Billy the Kid, uh, he did... Do so you he, think a guitar really would have worked out as well? You don't uh-huh. even need an instrument when you've got your voice and you've got your legs. Everybody just loves to watch legs go. But Billy the Kid was in the town musical. Do you remember that? Yeah. That whole thing? Where yeah, he was he, like, yeah. 
That's yeah, fun. He was, yeah, he was a, yeah, he was in the town musical. I mean, he was a kid that liked to perform. He okay. liked to be the center of attention, and people liked to make him the center of attention. He's a he fun guy. He wasn't an annoying guy that always needs to be the center of attention. Like, he was annoying, he, though. They did say that he was. They said there was... The, the, Billy the Kid also later on became very polarizing in a way where people did mm. love him, but he did have a tendency to be incredibly annoying as kind well. Kind of a Jerry Lewis type, perhaps. Yeah, like, ah, lady! <laughs> oh, my. But then he raised a lot of money for charity, but then he also was a horrible person. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, magnetic. That's the word that they used to describe him. All Wait, right, did magnetic. you just talk shit on Jerry Lewis? He did. Uh, was that? He said that he raised a lot of money for kids, but he was a horrible person. He's in not a way, nice guy. In ways, he was mean. He huge cock. Is that right? Yeah, in ways, I heard that he was mean. I'm okay, fine. I want to ladies. Him. No, no, I think he's a horrible the person. Oh, I don't know. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash last pod. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do! 
Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Well, remember, at this time, Billy the Kid, he escaped into the desert at 14 years old. Yeah. And furthermore, like when I say he was small, I mean like 90 pounds at most wow. and like just approaching five foot eight, not even yeah. quite five foot eight, just like he Actor hadn't hit his size, <laughs> just yeah. approaching five foot eight, like he's approaching the, the, <laughs> the, the gallows. <laughs> so in order to just survive, the kid had to get goddamn good with a gun. But what's interesting is that after Billy the Kid left Silver City, he kind of disappears from history for the next two years. We get no idea what he did between the ages of 14 and 16. It's like Jesus Christ. We, we talked about that a little bit when we were we had our phone call talking about this, like that idea of the mysterious going away period. Because in that going away period, he became an Old West person. Like he somehow had become sort of like a gunslinger within those two years as a 14 year old first, the last one, the last time you see him, he is alone, covered in soot, basically nude in the desert, no gun, no horse. And then two years later, he's got all the shit. So somehow this child figured shit out. Yeah, he must have paid for a crate. He must have definitely paid for that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, there are some uh, ideas like there. Some people speculate that like when he escaped from Silver City, like he might have stolen a horse. Like he maybe. Uh, there's also speculation that like um, a woman, like a local woman took pity on him and, you know, gave him a little bit of food, put him on a stagecoach. Well, that's like his adopted mother, because when his mom, his mom died and then she was kind of he was given to some woman for a small period of time. It's kind of hazy, but it seemed like he might have went to her and she might have helped him get out of town at least. But we still mm-hmm. don't know where the hell it is. He went. No. We have no idea where he went. The next time Billy the Kid shows up in history, he's 500 miles west Mm. of Silver City. He's in Arizona. And there, you know, that when he first shows, like the first thing he tries doing, he tries going straight when he shows back up in Arizona. He tries being a cowpuncher, but, you know, he's not big enough and he just... He's just bad at it. Is, is that when you just like you spank the udders? Um, honestly, yeah. Is it? Is it? Do you? Is it literally is the job? No, I'll spank not some at all. It's a slang term. Like it, oh, okay. it's kind of a catch-all. Like cow punching was like an old west term uh, that encompassed uh, herding, uh, driving, and branding cattle. Cow he tipping. That, he did that because he knew that we would make a funny little quip about it. Yeah. And he, that's why he put it in there because he knew we would have we, something ridiculous just, to say. Yeah, I, I wanted to say cow punch it. We are in the world of Marcus. Yeah, <laughs> of course, cow punch it sounds great. It's yeah. cow tipping, my friend. Yeah. Well, after he tried being a cow punch, he worked as a cook at a hotel at a military post called Camp Grant. But straight life for Billy was short lived. 
he soon fell in with the gang of horse thieves who specialized in robbing the military. And pretty soon, <laughs> Billy had earned enough to buy his own six-shooter at the age of 16. All right. Eventually, Billy, still going by the name of Henry Antrim at this point, he got the nickname of The Kid by hanging out in saloons with other criminals. They called him the kid because, you know, one, he's 16, but he also looks younger than he should have at mid-adolescence. He looked like he was about 12. Yeah, he looked like a little boy, but he could do the thing they said that was uh, super impressive is that he could, what is that called? When you spin the guns? You spin the gun. Well, he's not quite at gun spinning just yet. What is yet. it gun spinning? What is that called? <laughs> I think it's called I think gun it's, spinning. I think it's gun spinning, yeah. It's just I mean, called I gun spinning? Is it trick shooting? You know, like fancy. Uh, I think it's this is me look like I'm fingering gun two buttholes. It's, it's, yeah, yeah gun, gun play. play. Yeah. 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 Look at the Chinese finger trap I got oh, going on here right here. I got one in the mouth. I got one in the b-hole, but, but I don't know if I'm spinning gun, any guns. Gun tilter whirl, maybe. Now, a member of Billy's first gang was a 25-year-old Civil War drummer boy from Scotland named John Mackey. And John Mackey and Billy soon started stealing saddles and saddle blankets from soldiers who were getting drunk in the local saloons. I mean, it is a very lucrative business these two yeah. guys got into. And it's very, they found it was very, very, very easy. And it did inspire that great, great movie, Dude, Where's My Horse? Where's my, sa where's my getting, saddle blanket? Dude, where, where's my saddle blanket? <laughs> I love that abs. movie. Oh, such a fun movie. Just imagine you just getting totally lit in the bar after, after shot after shot of cheap-ass whiskey, whatever the hell they were drinking, and you walk outside, you're like, what the fuck? I mean, honestly, How horses can still walk. I bet you did happen more often than not. If you didn't tie it up correctly and the a horse just wanders away, it's not like you just put an emergency brake on it. Well, what are you, where are you going to go? There's no Uber or Lyft or taxi union. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you are you are very correct. People took horse theft, uh, at least people took personal horse theft very, very seriously. But if you're stealing horses from like the military, that's another thing altogether. Okay. Like Billy the Kid, he he never stole like a personal horse uh, unless uh, it was absolutely necessary. Unless he was on I, the run, he didn't. If he was on the run, he didn't give a fuck. I um, would have a rule though. I would say I'd never steal a horse with a name because then that means somebody loves it. I hate you. <laughs> but only steal a horse with no name, like that song from America. Yes, yeah, that's it. It's yeah, a stealable yeah, horse. Yeah. But I, I do find it interesting when you get into the history of Pat Garrett, who we'll talk about more next episode. But the idea of like when his dad passed on and he wanted to leave something to his son, he's like, I leave you, I leave you my gun and my saddle, which is the only thing a man needs to live. And it's like, oh, I need a lot more than that. Yeah, I'm going to need some Mad Men episodes. <laughs> I need a lot of that. Do you have any Delta points? <laughs> well, speaking to Billy's survival skills, he once stole a horse and then soon found himself fleeing five soldiers. They caught up to him about 100 miles from the scene of the crime, but wow. instead of arresting him, they took the horse back and made Billy walk to town on foot. And this is effectively that's a de a light death sentence like yeah. maybe you'll die maybe but you won't good luck but yeah he also stole a horse from like a bunch of soldiers yeah. just sitting there and looking at him doing it yeah. <laughs> but billy survived undeterred when he got back to town he kept stealing horses from the military he kept getting caught and he kept escaping in one instance after he got caught he threw salt in the eyes of the guard and ran away. <laughs> Wasn't that what Yokozuna used to do? <laughs> Something similar to that. I think his, yeah. uh, I think his manager would, uh, yeah. would do that. In another escape, Billy just slid out of his shackles. 
because at 90 pounds, it was impossible to keep the kid handcuffed. Jeez. This is true. This is completely true. The, yeah. the handcuffs at the time weren't built for arms as thin as his. Wow. So they, he could not wear them. So they would kept trying to like, they were like, all right, now we got you. And then he, you'd cut back to, and it's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where he'd yeah. be like outside of it going like, I'm here. Oh my. And other times he'd escape with the help of a soldier just because he was so damn likable. People like him. Wow. Yeah. It's about being being funny is the only thing that matters in life. Mm-hmm. And in some professions. Thank God not this one. Guess <laughs> 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 all you are <laughs> just simply the <laughs> living end. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, Billy was forced to leave Camp Grant after he committed his first murder. Oh. By August of 1877, the kid had somewhat gone straight again and had received advance wages from a forage contractor named Sorghum Smith. <laughs> Flush with money, the kid, in the parlance of the times, had duded himself up. Yeah, he went straight to the drip, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, dude, he, he like fucking went and bought himself like some fucking shoes instead oh, of boots. Nice. Got some fancy new clothes. And to celebrate his new duds and his new fucking job... He went for a drink at George Atkins Saloon. People do not fucking change. They don't change. It's yeah, it's so funny, man. I love that idea because he's like a young guy. Yeah, and dude. So, and he was no stranger to the ladies, right? They all no. loved him. The like, women loved him, even at his young age, because uh, there was a lot of Mary Kay Latornos going around. I guess. <laughs> and he walked in there dressed all that, and he's just ready to have a good time, man. Right. Yeah, man. This is his night off. Well, he's celebrating. He got a job. He's living the American experience. New kicks, new duds. Let's go to the club, man. He's going to go get fucked up. But unfortunately for the small-framed kid, his bully was also at George's place that night. This man was a blacksmith named Wendy Cahill. So named Wendy, either because he was always angry, i.e. blowing about one thing or another, or because he was a real farty bitch. They literally sure. just said it's because he farted a lot. But can you imagine How that? How much uh, do you have to fart to make it your nickname? Can you imagine like if you fart, but only when you're deadly angry and it's very, very serious where you like, you confront somebody and like, oh, we don't need to talk about this money loss, huh? I'm going to have to talk about what belongs to you and belongs to me and how when it comes down to it, then, then, then you don't want to end up on the wrong end of a six shooter. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good way to break the tension. <laughs> but no, everyone had no one could laugh because I was su- laugh. if I was super serious, but I also yeah. was a serial farter. I would if anybody <laughs> laughed at my farts, I'd shoot them in the head. Yeah, yeah. probably did. Well, when Billy arrived that night, duded up and wearing a pistol, Wendy Cahill laid into him, started making fun of both Billy's clothes and Billy's gun. Oh, you just got a gun, and you think girls like you, huh? And you think you're just a fancy little boy, huh? That I want to be with. You're just some fancy little boy I want to <laughs> crawl up in a bed with. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, Cahill called Billy a pimp. Which was a big insult in those days. You did not call someone a pimp. And the kid, in turn, called Cahill a son of a bitch. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the funny that in this time period, like uh, like Deadwood, for example, is pretty historically accurate, except 
for all the fucks and goddammits mm. and, and so on and so forth. Those words didn't really exist in the American vernacular back then. Like, if you were to actually it go back there. to Deadwood... It was there. Are, they do say well, fuck and they do say... There, are, there is well, that, but... It's it, not really. It was In the West, it's more like they'd say, like, dadgum. Yeah, dadgum and Jimin Kristen and shit like that. Like, son of a bitch was about the worst thing you could call someone. It's like calling someone a motherfucker. Um, oh... Yeah, it wasn't the 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 language, which was much much different out there. Now, why That's would fun, I though. fuck my mother if she was a bitch? <laughs> so your your insults are flawed. I love my mother and I fuck her. Yeah. All right, <laughs> See, how dare you call her a bitch? Yeah, you can call me a motherfucker. That's fine. That's accurate. Well, after Billy the Kid called Cahill a son of a bitch, Cahill threw the kid to the ground and started slapping Billy's face. I'm just gonna put my belly on you, gonna get big downstairs, you fancy little boy! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! He farted on Billy the Kid. We're ruining this for Marcus. We are. Yes. He no, asked no. us. I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. Okay. Small and quick, Billy immediately went for his pistol. And just when Cahill saw what was happening, Billy fired a shot Woo. right into Wendy's gut. Now, gut shot, it's pretty much the worst way to die from a gunshot wound. Mm. It can take a day or longer for the body to leak enough human waste into your <laughs> guts to infect and kill you. And with Wendy Cahill, it did indeed take all night to die. So you 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 drowned in your own shit inside well, of your not, body. It just it's not really fills you with infection in your body. They had no way to go inside you and stop on all the, the your in your duodenum emptying yeah. shit inside of you. Yeah, it's not drowning as much as it is poison. Like you just yeah. poison yourself to death with your own shit. Okay, uh, and it hurts the entire time and the pain gets worse and worse and worse then you get a fever when the infection sits in uh and then you uh you die in a a, a feverish haze uh, after a day or so that's not great not yeah. at all great well, the things about billy he's not going to wait around to see if wendy cahill survives this gunshot wound as soon as the shot was fired the kid ran out of the saloon stole a horse named cashaw from a professional gambler named joseph murphy and he fled town this was my night off. Yeah, that's breaking my number one rule. He stole a horse with a name. Not good, Billy. Now, remember, at the time of this murder, Billy the Kid is only 16 years old. And considering Wendy Cahill's reputation as a bully and considering the fact that they were in a saloon, Billy could have easily argued self-defense. A lot of times they don't even, uh, at the time, uh, law enforcement barely even looked at crimes like this. Like, it, it's true. They would kind of oh, sort yeah. it out. They would like, look yeah, at what happened. you just lost the fight, I guess. Basically, and yeah. they would just let it go because it happens so often. You can't arrest everybody who fucking accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally shot somebody during a fight in a saloon. They did yeah. find a way to do that and make a lot of money off of it. But mm, Well, you just, I mean, a, a sheriff might just go and ask uh, and just like ask the people over there. It was like, was there a fight? Like, was this righteous? And they go, yeah, 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 that guy, they he just lost. And like, all right, see you later. Let me tell me, let me say, did he, get, did he fart? <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Well, well, it's an official fight then. <laughs> yeah, he just lost. <laughs> and that's the other thing too, is that nobody really liked Wendy Cahill. Uh, and in the old West, like if nobody likes you, and if you, especially if you're a bully and you end up getting shot dead, it's kind of like that story uh, where like uh, the whole town, uh, it was what in the seventies or eighties or something like that yeah. when the whole town got together and murdered uh, this guy who just terrorized uh, the entire population. And then they all said like, we don't know what happened. Yep. Sometimes you get what you got coming. 
Yeah. And you know, when you put these two things together, Billy most likely would have gotten off in this murder scot-free. But since he ran, the kid was charged with murder, a hanging offense. And from that moment forward, there was no turning back. Billy settled into the role of an outlaw, which outside of a couple attempts to go straight, that'd be the role Billy would play for the rest of his short, violent life. And when the kid reappeared in the summer of 1877, he was suddenly fluent in Spanish somehow. Wow. And he'd filled out his frame. Well, he was, he, he, I think he got really embedded into the culture and he yeah. was around it quite a bit. Uh, seemed He had a Spanish girlfriend um, mm-hmm. that he, I think helped quite a bit. And then uh, my dad talks about how when he volunteered to join the Navy, he volunteered at five foot five, like 130. Mm-hmm. And then during his time period from like 17 to 20, when he was in, in he came in and he's a stout five foot, seven and a half, 160. <laughs> what does that have to do with Billy the Kid? I'm just saying you fill out. Tiny guys yeah. fill out. Oh, no, I he see. did. Fit. Yeah, he filled out between like between uh, the just like a summer, pretty much. Uh, you know, he shot up to the the, the kingly height of five foot eight uh, and he gained about 40 pounds he's about okay. so it's like so billy the kid during the time like the legendary billy the kid size is about five foot eight 135 but actually i thought he would be shorter so five foot eight i mean you that's know it's not the, it's, that's, that's, that's average american that's the average yeah, height of an american okay. man yeah interesting and despite what we might think from the one verified picture of billy the kid he was actually thought of as quite handsome. I think the term that the uh, Zoomers would use now is something along the lines of ugly hot. He was <laughs> a, um, the, the way I put it, he's kind of has that Pete Davidson style where he is not, people love him and people are sure, attracted Pete's to him. He's a very attractive man. But sure. you say he's attractive. I don't know if I would call him classically I'm handsome. I'm just being nice. I think he's not ugly. I think he's attractive. But Billy the Kid was one of the ghosts, I think was one of those people that his personality, because he was a fun guy. He was a fun guy, but you know, but really when you look at the fucking famous picture of Billy the Kid, the ten type that everyone knows, I mean, it looks like Billy the Kid is one of the ugliest motherfuckers in the whole of New Mexico. He's an ugly guy. I think he's ugly, but I think he's he's but he's also kind of cute. But that's the thing. It's like, I mean, from the other pictures that we're pretty sure are of the kid, there's like two more pictures that are, but we can't 100% confirm it, but we're pretty sure they're of him. And also by using computer imaging on the one picture that is confirmed to be Billy the Kid, we can see that the Billy the Kid tintype was just a really, really bad picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that the worst picture you ever took in your entire life was the only picture of you that ever existed. <laughs> and therefore, that's what everyone thought you looked like all the time. I literally <laughs> know that picture of me. Like, I know what that picture is. I'm going to post it for when we put up the episode because yeah. that idea of like, what if this was the only the thing only you one, knew yeah. about me? <laughs> In reality, Billy the Kid had expressive blue eyes and a handsome oval face. And while he did have two slightly protruding squirrel teeth, they fit the whole package, you know? And people often associated those squirrel teeth with Billy's ever-present smile and laugh. And his effervescent so, boyish ways. Yeah. So when Billy the Kid resurfaced, he was back in New Mexico, which, for all intents and purposes, was home. Specifically, Billy showed up in Lincoln County, where his legend would begin to grow in earnest. In Lincoln County... Billy joined a gang called The Boys, which included one of the most hated desperados in New Mexico, Jesse Evans. This loose coalition of bandits mostly stole horses and cattle and numbered anywhere between 10 and 30 men. Now, when the kid killed Wendy Cahill, 
He had already dropped the last name McCarty and was going by his stepfather's name of Antrim, although he still used Henry as his first name. Henry. Henry. But within weeks of joining the boys, the kid changed his name again. He was then going by William H. Bonnie, or Billy to his friends. Oh. Most people, though, just called him the kid. Well, because it's easy to be known as the kid when you're cool. the only child-looking thing in a <laughs> sea of, like, gnarly desperados. Uh, yeah. Question, did he like the name? Oh, he yeah. loved it. He did, because oh, I yeah, could see that going it, either way, he though. He referred because... to himself as the kid. Okay. Yeah. So after leaving the boys, after just a short period of time, the kid was taken in by a woman named Barbara Mam Jones High School, Woo. who had a reputation for taking in strangers and lost boys to feed, doctor, and shelter them. Where was old Mam Jones when I was 25? Exactly. Mm. I'm be washed and fed. <laughs> I mean, big, you, big when you were 20, busty woman, yeah. Take care of yourself. No, 25, no. You're a quarter of a century. Washing my legs, <laughs> feeding me soup right in my mouth, put my IV in, suck on my dick. I can wow. make you a paraplegic if you want. <laughs> I, don't, I think the grass I is always be, greener. But I yeah. just want to be Terry Schiavo, but we're getting my dick sucked. That's all I want. You don't even wish that upon yourself. Don't even wish that. Yeah, man, you're fucking, you are dancing on a monkey's paw ledge right yes, there. Yes, you are, buddy. <laughs> With Billy, though, Ma'am Jones probably gave a little more than just food and shelter. Oh, See, Billy, young as he was, he became known for his charm and his magnetism. It was said that he was irresistible to women because women, they either wanted to sleep with him, mother him, or do both, yeah. as Ma'am Jones most likely did. <laughs> oh, my God. Best part about Ma'am Jones, still got the milk. Uh, that's great. <laughs> still got that milk. Isn't that nice? He can make butter out of it. <laughs> you mean my breakfast? <laughs> Billy at this time was also getting a reputation for having all the skills necessary to be a legendary Wild West gunfighter. He could fire a gun hanging off the side of his horse like an Apache. Cool. And that was a big fucking deal. Like I'm talking like he was able to actually hang up, ride his horse forward and hang off the side to use his horse as cover. This oh, is a big shit. end to fire accurately at the same time. This is one of, that's one of the most feared Apache techniques that there were. It was oh. like cool within the Desperado world to fashion themselves after the Apache and who they were attacking. It was really because they looked up to them as warriors and it's like like these guys fucking kick ass. Makes yeah. sense. He could also pick up a handkerchief lying on the ground while riding his horse at full speed, which is also extraordinarily difficult. He was very proud of it. And of course, he was becoming one hell of a shot. This, I think, is my favorite detail about Billy the Kid. He spent all of his money on bullets because he was constantly firing his gun at everything in an attempt to become the best shot possible. And yeah, just because yeah. he liked the bang, 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 bang. He bang. loved to fire his gun. And I he, get it. But he also was like actively training himself. Like right? he yeah. was practicing was all the purpose. time to be a gunslinger. Mm hmm. Well, from what friend Frank Coe said, Billy could take two six-shooters, loaded and cocked, one in each hand, and twirl one in one direction and the other in the other direction Whoa. at the same time That's without what gun setting spinning. off either one. It's the gun spinning. It's the yeah. gun spinning. He was ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. 
As far as what guns Billy used, he favored the Colt 44 Frontier and the Compact 41 Colt Double Action Thunderer. And he probably got a taste for the Frontier because the Colt 44, that's what the military used. Remember, he spent a lot of time robbing the military. So I think he just got used to it. But at the same time, he was said to be as gentlemanly as a college-bred youth and quickly became a community favorite everywhere he went. That is like weirdly what young guns got correctly about their vibe. Like mm-hmm. what the regulators vibe where we'll get in next episode. But that concept of that, of like, they were always like going like, ma'am. Like no matter what they did, like it was always right. like very cordial. I do love mm-hmm. the idea of shooting up a bar and then just being like, in a good day. Like, now that is a polite gentleman. As blood is everywhere and people are screaming. I mean, Emilio Estevez and, and Young Guns, it's, it's a fun portrayal of Billy the Kid, but it's a very sociopathic portrayal of yes. Billy the Kid. Like the one thing, that, it does get a couple of things right about him. Oh, it historically, the, it's completely, I'm just completely wrong. What? Yeah, it, it complete, yeah it's, it's pretty wrong. It's, you know what's funny? It's more accurate than I expected it to be. <laughs> <laughs> but the relative tranquility of Billy's life was shattered in October of 1877 when the aforementioned Jesse Evans and three other members of the boys were captured by a posse led by Lincoln County Sheriff William Brady. And while Billy was no longer officially a member of the boys, he still participated in the jailbreak to free his former comrades, because if there's one word that can describe Billy the Kid above all others, it's loyalty. This brought him into direct conflict for the first time with one of the major players in the upcoming Lincoln County War. And that's where we'll pick back up for part two of Billy the Kid. All right, we're just starting this roller coaster ride. Yeah, next week week we're really going to get into not how the West was won, but how the West was fun. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are going to make a couple appearances. I'm really excited for them. It's also about uh, this next episode is really the backbone of what made our country. Oh, yeah, I will. Fascinating yeah. story so far. Yeah, the, the how the West was senselessly violent and greedy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How but, the West was fun. I like that better. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> All right, you fuckers. We're right. seeing you live. Yes. Uh, we're there right now. Don't be fooled. We are in St. Paul right now. This very moment. Yes, we are on tour. We can't wait to see everyone. St. Paul, Des Moines, Omaha, Milwaukee. It'll be so much fun. And, uh, it's going to be fun. But you're going to get emails uh, from the theaters about various COVID regulations, all that kind of shit. Um, go to lastpodcastandleft.com to get all the other tickets for our other upcoming yeah. shows, all the fucking shit that we got coming and, down the pipe. And when it comes to all of that stuff that's going on right now, just listen to the theaters and what they want. We're just following what they say as well so we can all get back together. Oh, yeah. And uh, we can have some laughs because that's the, it. what's so important for us as human beings to be with one another. So we can't wait to see y'all very, very soon on the road. Uh, keep on checking out all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. I just want to say thank you guys for supporting Spring Hill Jack and our oh, new yes. coffee line. Spring Hill Jack Coffee. These guys are, again, it's like four people. They, yeah. It is it's a, mommy and puppy. It's a full <laughs> it's like, like family affair. They are they are roasting these goddamn beans. Yeah. And it it's fucking awesome. Yes. Uh, and the yeah, response are, has been incredible. Yeah, by ordering Spring Hill Jack coffee, y'all are really like you're you're helping somebody realize a dream. Uh, Absolutely. and you know, and somebody who's goddamn great 
at their job. I drink nothing but Spring Hill Jack coffee and, and did it even before we even before we started working with them. I drank nothing but Spring Hill Jack coffee because it's the best shit out there. By realizing a dream, you also have nightmares of he probably has nightmares of beans every night. Oh, I imagine his <laughs> life is haunted by oh, beans. Gotta make beans. Just like he sees the big burlap sacks full of beans and he's beans. just like beans, beans, <laughs> beans. Uh, also, we have some weed, so uh, pick up our vapes. All right, oh, now go. we're going to be in the higher path Sweet. in uh, Sherman Oaks. So oh. go check that out ah, go buy our vapes we'll have really to yeah. we'll, uh, at some point i will visit uh, that place higher path that's my favorite spot hell yeah that's great news it's a good spot uh, all right everyone thank you for listening hope you're happy and uh, healthy out there uh hail yourselves hail satan yogin magustalations hey man be careful out there all right i get am yourself a gun get yourself a saddle or it's time to be your own regulator for your own family honestly go and even the score for your neighborhood today you need to be careful eating handfuls of butter i don't do it anymore i was just saying as a kid <laughs> people eat butter no it, they de- yeah they do people eat fucking drywall dude people they do, eat yeah, hair people eat, eat, make but, it butter <laughs> is food butter <laughs> is food is not the same as drywall <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you thanks to our ad sponsors you can support our shows by supporting them for more shows like the one you just listened to Go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. 